Hi, I'm Willie Brown, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road Sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Lee Gillis. I'm Doug Perry. I'm Gordon Henderson. Ah, it's, it's good to be back. I'd listened to your guys' show last week and I thought, far too positive. Let's get me on. You guys were getting a little bit carried away. I'm disappointed in you, Lee. I start all the shows with hello, hello, how do you do? This was your possible only chance this year to start that way and actually then finish saying that we were top of the league. You didn't take that opportunity. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sitting in right, it going, oh, here we go. Ah, terrible. But yeah, like you guys obviously got swept away in the crest of a wave after that thumping of Elgin. I was listening to it, and to be fair, Doug was the sensible one. I do believe at some point Doug mentioned it was a very bad team that we beat, and it's not going to be maybe be a good gauge for the season. I, I think I, I I think I said let's not got let's not get carried away, and then Doug said let's do get carried away. Oh no, you are right. He did say that. Yeah, yeah. I can confirm. I said that, but it was more in, it was more in jest. To be fair, yes. Well, I think we, we came back down to earth with a, a massive bump. Uh, I just watched the highlights today. I think the under-20s put in a decent performance, though, against Bonnie Rigg. Um, look forward to seeing how they do in the development league. We're going to get into chatting about all of that. We're going to look at the the loss to Bonnie Rigg, some of the big talking points coming out of it. Have a little look around the rest of, of League 2 and some fun results this weekend in... In Scottish football, we'll come to all of that. But first of all, let's just hear a little bit from this episode's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. We are Maze Mortgages. We're Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Just send us a message via Facebook to find out more. So thanks 
As always to our sponsors, East Fife Community Football Club and Maze Mortgages. Go and support Maze Mortgages if you're looking for some mortgage advice, especially this time interest rates are going up. Maybe you want to lock yourself in to a fixed rate or just get some advice if that is the best deal for you. Get in touch with Maze Mortgages. And East Fife Community Football Club still doing wonderful things in the community. Been great to Have see. A look at our Facebook page and our Twitter page of some of the stuff they've been up to. Yeah, really great to see what they've been doing with the kids in the, the summer holidays. Yeah, so we're gonna look into the second game of the season, the first home game of this season, and maybe down <laughs> to earth with a bang. Well, we can talk about other stuff if you guys don't want to do it. The three of you were at the game, I've just watched the highlights that came up for, for me on Sunday morning. I went to bed on Friday night. Cock a hoop on a high. The White Caps had played an absolute shit game for 88 minutes, but scored two goals from then into stoppage time to come away with a big 2 1 win. Had a spring in my step. They'd players out with COVID. Uh, a young guy that was called up from basically our version of the, the under 20 development team scored within six minutes of making his MLS debut. Great result. Felt really happy. Woke up Saturday morning. Immediately check Twitter. Yeah. Good old East Fife bringing it back down again. We'll get into the whole hints and outs of the game. Let's start, Lee. Just your general thoughts coming out of that one. Shite. Fair <laughs> from the highlights that I saw. No, I, I think um, it was torture yesterday. Um, very much reminiscent of last season. You know, there's there's been every cliche that I've read online, and it's it's hard to disagree with them. Men versus boys, bodied, bullied. You know, and, and every single one of the comments are right. It, it, it just it looked like men versus boys yesterday. Um, out muscled, out fought. Um, just, I think the worst part about it was, is that they weren't a good side. I wasn't watching them going this team knows how to play football. They're essentially going to be our league's version of Stoke City, like under Tony Pulis, where they're just going to be big, physical, be able to nullify the nice, pretty football that we try to play, and it'll be effective. Um, I, I know folk don't like that kind of football anymore. You, they want your fancy, free-flowing football. I just feel any any means necessary to get the job done. Yeah. Um, one of my good friends, um, a listener of this show, um, George Roberts, is um, originally from London, is an Arsenal fan. And when Man United um, hired Jose Mourinho years ago, he said, why would you want like that? Um, you know, having Man United, football plays terrible. I, like, I would take a 1-0 win every week and win the, the league in the Champions League. Um, I, I was like, you try to tell me that if he got the Arsenal job and Arsenal won 1-0 every week and won the Champions League, you wouldn't be delighted with that. And he was like, yeah, fair point. Um, yeah, I, I've always that. said that here as well, and folk are like, no, we want to have entertaining football. It's like, fuck that, I just, you want the wins on the board, that's all that really matters. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not like you're paying to go to the zoo, right? Yeah. Um, so, you, 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 although yesterday I did feel like almost being at the zoo. Um, <laughs> so, it was just, all in all, like, a bad day at the office. Mm. Um, the, the only shining light I'm sure we'll come on to it is the, the young boy Sherbaldi who I thought really looks like he's going to have a bit of flair about him um, and let's let's hope that he's the sort of player that sort of gets us off our seats because you know I think the game died when we lost Shepard and Walls probably our two best players throughout pre-season and into the start of the season 
Um, and we just looked devoid of ideas after that. Yeah, I, it's nice having Baldy because as a podcast, we really should be sponsoring him because all Baldy's on this podcast. Very true. I mean, Gordon's clinging on to their life, but... Um, yeah. but let, let, let it go, Gordon. Is that... Your um, scalp said that already. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was just to, to fit in, I should just... I should just yeah. give up the fight, just get rid of it. Use your Manscaped trimmers. I did that on mine. Does a very good job up there. Um, the one thing I will say, though, is see the curse of the Glory Days of Gold sponsors. Yeah, I was going to come to that. Once again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll come to that. So, Gordon, let's bring you in next then. I don't mind physicality, and I, I read a lot of folks say, saying that like, it was a negative thing. But if you can bully a team, you bully a team. And Bonnie Ro- Ro- Bonnie Reg Rose, wow, that is a mouthful, um, certainly did that. But what did you make of the overall performance? Because the highlights that they put together didn't really show much in attack from his five. No, and we didn't, to be honest, we didn't really create much. I think I pretty much agree with what Lee's saying. I, I look, you look at Bonnie Reg, and I don't think, or, you know, individually they've got a group of fantastic players. Um, but you know, as a unit, they are very physical, uh, very experienced. When you compare it to us, you know, you go through their team, and I had a look at them before the game, and it's all guys that they've signed from kind of other junior clubs, maybe lower end SPFL clubs. Um, but a lot of them have been at Bonnie Rig for a long time. You know, that's a team that's played together for years, um, and they clearly play a very particular style. It's kind of direct, no-nonsense, physical, very streetwise. And I think it's, you know, if you're being polite, streetwise. If you're being impolite, hammer throwers. But I think it's one of these things, if that was us and we were winning, I wouldn't give a fuck. Um, You know, let other teams complain about it. It's up to you to stop it. That would be my attitude. And it is frustrating. I don't think they're going to win many, you know, fans amongst opposition Mm. fans this season but I think they're probably going to be pretty effective um, yeah that, I think that's it I think just the whole <clears throat> as a cliche but it felt very much men against boys you know we started I think with five what very young players 20, 21 or under uh, Shepard and Walls come off we bring on two more young guys that's more that's half of our team young guys very little experience and no, probably player for player. We're uh, I would say he's five for at least, if not better, technically better footballers than what Bonnie Rick have. But you know, you're putting very, very inexperienced guys against a really, really experienced team who are used to winning, who know how to win. And it just that's just what it felt like. I don't think we really created too much. Uh, I don't think Bonnie Rick created anything other than their three goals, really. You know, I think if you look through the highlights, you I don't think you'll see Fleming making a save. Um, he should maybe have made three and then maybe got a point. Um, but, you know, other than other than their goals, they created nothing. Um, but they were, you know, they took their chances and that was it. What I'm hearing is, like, you know how ABBA's got this tour going on where they've got holograms. Do we need to get a hologram of Willie Brown to take <laughs> a a place on the pitch. I mean, he might be more physical than some of the players that we actually have out there in real life bodies. 
I'd rather have had Darren Smith, who was on Bonnie Rig Bose's uh, was his bench yesterday, and just begged him to come and play for us for the rest of the year. Mm. He's, he's the sort of player that I would love for us to have right now. Yeah, we do need someone that's got that bit of bite. I, I mean, Doug, it's a very short sample size. We've got one away game against a, a team that's going to be down the bottom. We've got this game against Bonnie Rig, who I still feel are going to be up there at the top. I know. You guys were talking about they're probably going to get found out. I've seen a lot of folk in Pine Bovril say, or they'll get found out and then they, they won't do that well. But if they get the points on the board early, that basically helps. But from the short sample size that we've seen, Doug, do you think the performance against Elgin is going to be more what this team's going to be about? Or is it going to be more like what we saw yesterday? I, th- I think it's more... I think if you've got two teams who are maybe just wanting to try and play football, then we'll have more of a chance. I, I just think it's, it's so hard not to say exactly what's just been said, mm. but they were just big boys and they just just ran over the top of us. Hard run every tackle, physical in the air. Um, to be honest, for the first 20 minutes, we were kind of all right. And then up to the penalty, we looked, you know, we looked okay. And the first goal was going to be huge. But after that, it, we were a long, long way off the pace. But I don't think it's... I think a lot of teams at early doors will struggle with Bonnie Rig. And I, I just think it's it's a little bit of a welcome to League 2 again kind of game yesterday where it's like, mm, there might be a few games that, that are like this. But no, I don't I don't think there's huge panic. All, all it does is sort of heighten what we knew anyway that we're, we need some experience in the team or, or we might start struggling. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at the starting lineup, and it was a decent enough lineup from who we had available. And by all accounts, from everything I've read, it was a fairly even start until that penalty. So let, let's talk about that penalty, because there's two things I think we, we can talk about with this, Lee. There might have been a handball in the build-up to it. I'm not, I've watched it back several times. I'm not even sure how much contact there is, or if the guy kind of flicks his foot out to draw the contact. He, he, if he got clipped, it's because he put his foot back to get clipped, which is like still a, a great penalty earned if you look at it that way. Well, it, it, in real time, I've, I've not watched the, the the highlights because I just couldn't bring myself to go through it again, to be honest. Um, but in real time, it looked a stonewall penalty. Right. Um, and everybody around us, like there, there was no... Apart from maybe Podge, there's no animosity in the, in the crowd. Um, at, at that being a, a penalty given um, looked a stonewaller to me. I, I think what the frustration was with me is how easily the boy weaved in and out two yeah. players, maybe three players. And as soon as Walls went, I went, he's going to foul him. And he did. And, you know, that's that's where the, the, the lack of experience is is showing um and look you know it was a, it was a penalty and he took his penalty really well we i know that's not a question you've asked me and it might be one you're going to ask later but we sorely lack leadership in that team and that was so 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 evident yesterday because i think if you have a look at last year for example or the year before that although we weren't playing well you never heard Chris Higgins stop talking and we went two goals down yesterday 
and you could hear the pin drop because the young boys aren't going to speak up. Yeah. And you're, you're literally relying on Miller, who strikes me as a pretty quiet guy. Like, even off the pitch, I'd imagine he's, he's quite a quiet guy. Murdoch, pretty quiet guy. Mercer will probably fit in that category as well. The only person I heard that entire game yesterday um, was Alan Fleming. And obviously, from from goalkeeper perspective, um, that to me was a bit like, right, wow. And it was so, it was, it was glaring in the face, obvious. Who's their captain? I actually genuinely don't know. I've just realised. Stuart, Stuart Murdoch. Right. Because for, for me, he would be the guy when you see the names, like aside of Fleming, because goalkeepers just yell. But Murdoch should be the guy, especially in the back line, that is like shouting and organising them. And Never heard the word. And I don't know if, if Doug or Gordon want to correct me on that, but, you know, there was, there was no communication on that pitch yesterday. And actually, even Stevie Crawford yesterday, who I do feel is quite vocal, um, not much came from him yesterday either. You, you want to know what? I would actually say we were shell-shocked. I think we were expecting a better a, a, a better version of themselves playing against Bonnie Rigg or maybe just didn't fancy them. You know, and Stevie Crawford mentioned in his, his post-match interview that um, he couldn't fault the effort of his players. Mm. I would actually maybe disagree with that. Um, to an extent, anyway. I mean, poor Liam Newton ran around like a headless chicken. The boy Baldy tried to do something every time he got the ball. Aside of those two, I don't think there's a single East Fife player who got a pass mark yesterday. Well, I mean, the worrying thing is if if that's him saying that's them at their best effort, then their best effort's not good enough. But but I think there's 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 games where you know players are putting in a bit of effort, but it either just doesn't come off for them, or as a team, it just doesn't come off. I think I don't know. I would I would find that I didn't watch yesterday thinking. We weren't trying, or we weren't putting in enough. But you, you can't say it came off. And I don't, I don't, I'm not looking. You know, come on it later, but three, two, ones. You know, I'm not looking at it going. You know, I don't think many or any players will come off thinking I had a good game. Um, but at the same time as well, I didn't, I didn't, it didn't particularly strike me that it was a lack of effort. It was the, the problem. Yes, I don't think. Yesterday reminded me of that old video, I can't remember the decade or even what I was regarding because of how youthful I am, of that guy standing in front of the tack with his hand out. Oh, it's Tiananmen t- Square? Yes. But literally, instead of him stopping the tank, it would literally just fucking muller him. And that's what happened to us yesterday. From, from what I little... saw, I don't think I can disagree with that. An, an interesting, timely anal- analogy. We're always up to date with our references here on the podcast. That, that's absolutely it. Political um, and insightful, as we're known for on Glory Days of Gold, and not just those wankers in the podcast, um, which we heard around the ground yesterday. I mean, for, like, Doug, Gordon, any qualms about the penalty? It, it, the, the foul, when Walls challenged them, uh, for me, it was a penalty. I know what you mean. The Bonnie Rig player's leg seemed to trail, but for me... Walls, Walls's leg catches him. It's a tangle. They go down. That's a penalty. It was a hundred percent handball beforehand. It should have been at least five free kick. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, we had two chances to clear the ball and do it. Yeah, I think it. I mean, obviously, we were quite a bit away. But I think um, I was just sort of screaming at the time, like, 
I think when you get stuck the wrong side of a guy, you've just got to put your hand up and get out of the way. Because there was people he was then running into. It wasn't like it was like last man kind of scenario. It was it was just quite naive to get stuck in behind the guy. And yeah. as soon as there's if there's any contact, he's going down. Oh yeah, I I mean, he's he's just that. inviting it. He's like, come on, one of you, just yeah. do anything. But I would fully expect one of our players to do the same. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It, there, I'm not suggesting for a second it was a dive because it wasn't. But I just think it was a wee bit just over eager to get the ball. But you've got to realise when you get in those positions, you can't. You cannot get involved because you're just asking for trouble. So no, it was, and it, it was the pivotal moment in the game. I, I generally, I mean, three 0 and we came away very disheartened because we were battered and bruised. But like Gordon said, yeah, I mean, they didn't have a lot of chances. It was a pretty crap game, but it wasn't really a three 0 game. But that that first goal, and then the subsequent two injuries on the back of it, kind yeah. of killed us. Let, let's let's move into the injuries then. Because they didn't show anything on the in the highlights about them going off or the the challenge on Shepherd five minutes in where he took the elbow to his head. Um, Walls obviously got injured in the in the build up to the penalty, but like Walls going off, it looks like from what Stevie said afterwards, it's his ankle. With Shepherd going off, there was worries it might have been concussion for taking the elbow to the head, but it could also be neck. They're not going to really know until they, they assess it next week. Either way, it's two big blows for this game, losing those guys. And Stevie said it kind of killed momentum a little bit. And it's going to, if you have to make early subs like that, two of your best players, and you've just gone a goal down, you kind of have to redraw things up. But the, the Shepherd one... <laughs> Obviously, concussions are something that are looked at a lot more seriously now in football. We've had a, a few of them here. Ryan Gold at the Whitecaps has had two concussions this season. And you then get worried every time he goes up for a ball because it's like, fuck, is he going to get another knock and rule him out again because they get worse and worse? Hopefully it's not that. But even if it's a neck, that's serious. And ankle's going to be serious as well. So, I mean, we could be missing these guys for a, a few games pure speculation at this point, but they will assess it midweek. But Shepard in particular, huge blow. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I guess the only thing you could say it then just increases the necessity to get some people in. I mean, the, the real downside for me yesterday was probably the lack of Troughton, who we thought was going to be at least in the squad. And what made it worse for me was that Kevin Smith was probably still the best player in the park most intelligent player and you know the fact that the rumour is that he kind of went to stay and we didn't offer him anything and we've replaced him pretty much like for like with a guy who will also not play a lot but Smith I, I thought he was comfortably the best player on the pitch in terms of just his my, a couple of my mates were in the away end with the young Fifers. they were for some reason they're in the away end which is weird but he said that like when Smith had the ball down the line he just talked to his players exactly where to run, exactly what, like, constantly talking to the other guys. And, and that's kind of exactly what we're talking about as well, isn't it? And Gordon, Stevie said afterwards, Troughton, they had hoped they might get him on the bench. He was doing some stuff before the game. It's a, a niggle, it's a Achilles. I, I guess they're wanting to be on the safe side and not rush him back. And then he gets an injury that keeps him out for even longer because it's still early in the season. I mean, that's what you have to hope for. But you also have to hope that this isn't going to be a bust. Like signing Troughton, I think that was the thing because you're like, you know, if we can, 
if we can keep them fit and we can get a lot of games out of them, brilliant. But, um, you know, he, he spent a lot of last season out under the Aloha, and I think that, that signing of Danny Swanson is kind of forefront of your mind, where you're like, are you going to sign this kind of decent player, but barely ever see him because he's out injured? Um, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, he's, he's back fit soon and there's there's no problems. But I, I definitely would agree that we shouldn't be rushing him back because you know, that's, that's just asking for a longer-term injury. So hopefully he's back soon. Hopefully he gets he's over his injuries, but I think it, it's just sensible to be cautious about it, even though, you know, I think everyone will be, especially if Shepard's out for a while, everyone will be wanting him back as soon as possible, but, you know, just keep him, uh, bring him back when he's ready. Well, with Achilles, you don't want that to flare up because that can be a long-term thing then if it goes. If it's just a niggle just now, you manage it, but you don't want that being a proper Achilles injury. Lee, the, the challenge to Shepard, because obviously I haven't seen it in five minutes that he took the knock to the head. What Was that a bad one? Um, Not overly. Like I don't think there was any malice in it or anything like that. Because like... they, they seemed to assess him on the pitch and the doctors deemed that he was good to continue, but then they, they had to take him off about 20 minutes later. Yeah. Um, it's a difficult one. He did. He, I mean, he still did his usual running about, etc. But I mean, only he'll really know how he actually felt. But it was when they were taking walls off, he actually sat down on the halfway line. Mm. So, yeah, because like over here, the Whitecaps have had quite a lot of concussions for some bizarre reason this year. So I've learned a bit more about it, and for a number of the players, they felt okay, and then like ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, it suddenly hits them. And that was what happened with one of Ryan Gold's ones. He just looked like he had been okay, and then just sat down. He's like, "I can't, I can't go on." Yeah, um, it's just it's a shame for Shepard because I think that he, you know, we've, we've spoken about difference makers recently, and I think that you know we, we spoke about it about in the show last week and just about how he's how good his movement is and how his pace can trouble defence. Um, It'd be a real shame where him and Trouton probably are two difference makers. Um, you know, were obviously both potentially injured. Um, and you know, I, I actually really like Ryan Shivoni, but I don't fancy him as a um, as a, a, a centre forward. I think he'll, he'll probably maybe be like a a sort of winger potentially, or maybe just off off of a striker. Um, you know, I think that he's one thing I will say about Shepard is he's he's not afraid to to dig in and, and try and get um, the ball back if he's lost it, etc. But we brought Mikey Cunningham yesterday and he just looked like a wee boy. Um, every touch sort of ricocheted off him, and you know, I've I've only seen what I've seen in Mikey Cunningham and in, in sort of preseason. I think that he really probably, if we get another striker in, he'll be nowhere near the first team. Is is my honest opinion. Um, you know, I, I think Crawford's spoken at length about, you know, how dedicated he is and how much he tries, etc. But there's a difference between ability and ambition, and it's really important to not get those two mixed up. And I think that there is potential that he might have some ability, but I think he would really benefit from a loan to mm-hmm. Northes or a Thornton Hibs or, you know, maybe some kind of start hearts one of these sort of teams and go and play against men for a year, but maybe men at a sort of lesser level help him improve his physicality a wee bit. 
Right, exactly what Jao Baldi did was that civil service went to Hebs, they loaned him back to civil service. At least that was the positive from Shepard going off as Baldi came on. We got a chance to, to have a look at him. He's still not really up to full fitness, I don't think, and he's still getting to know his teammates. But let's just have a quick chat about him. He looks like a great addition. He seems to be, like Lee, you spoke to him after the game, and he seems to look like he can play a number of positions, defensive mid, centre mid, he could be maybe a number 10, he could maybe play out in the wing. He certainly got goals at civil service, and I know it's a lower level than us. I mean, you could argue how much lower. I think the top of the Lowland League is miles apart from the bottom of the Lowland League. But I liked the little glimpses that I saw reading folks' reactions to how he did he seems like he's going to be a good addition, but he can't do it all on, on his own. And I think that's the worry that fans' expectations might be huge for him. He needs a good supporting cast out there. Uh, he was definitely the the real bright spot for me, or for everyone, I think. He just he just looked quite classy. He was very hungry. He got on the ball. He didn't shy away from, you know, getting involved and getting stuck in a wee bit. And just, just looked that wee class above maybe what we had on offer yesterday. So I think, I mean, I, I think I turned to Lee after about five minutes. I was like, right, first name on the team sheet every week. Like he generally just, he just looked a really, really good handy player. And that creative spark that I think we've definitely been missing. Yeah, I, I really liked what I seen him yesterday. Um, you know, even just a couple of his touches, quick feet, beat a man. Um, maybe just or hoping because I asked him like where will we expect him to play and it's sort of intimated sort of anywhere he just wants to play which I get but um, really we could probably do with him being out wide is where I would probably like to see him play or in a sort of number like a number eight role just behind the strikers um, he said he wants to add goals to his game mm. I'm sure when we played civil service I seen that he scored a pretty good number of goals for, for civil service last yeah, year. Yeah, he, he did, but he, he wants to bring that to his game now at the adult, more experienced yeah. level. And that's the tough thing for a lot of, of these young kids. And you, you see over here, they maybe are standouts in the academy, and then they get their chance in the first team when they're going up against men, and a lot of them can't hack it, and they just can't bring what, what they've done at youth level or at college level into the pro game. So this is a great experience for him. This is a great opportunity for him. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you played it. If you've been signed by Rangers at any level, you're obviously a good player. Let's yeah. be honest. Um, and as much as we hate the old firm, if they're bringing a player in, it's he's got quality. That's, yeah, that's exactly it. So I mean, there's obviously a, a player there, and I think you know Doug hit the nail on the head. You know, from what we've seen yesterday, they were like, "Yep, you know, he is um, probably going to be one of the guys that are." first name on the team sheet because he's the sort of player that I think will get fans off their seats. If we could get him to start scoring some goals, um, then I think that'll only add to it. But I mean, he got Players Player of the Year at Civil Service last yeah. year. Um, so, I mean, look, I, I don't think personally that there's a massive difference between uh, the Lowland League and League Two. I mean, you only have to look at, you know, when we played Civil Service Strollers and um, the teams that we played in pre-season, um, Spartans, etc. Um, but you know that the gap or the gulf isn't massive. So 
I'm I'm quite excited by him. Um, all the signings that we've made this summer, he's the one after having seen him, I'm like, could potentially have a, a, a very good player here. Gordon, what did you make of him from a again short sample size? And we don't want to heap too much pressure on on the young kid. Yeah, he was definitely the kind of bright spot of the game. I would say. Um, I think he, something to remember as well. I think we signed him on Friday. It's probably yeah. the first time he's met any of his teammates on Saturday afternoon. I think he he came on and he looked sort of uh, yeah like a coiled spring to start with, and it almost. I think stuff was getting away from him a wee bit and he had a couple of really kind of heavy touches, but I think that was just uh, enthusiasm. But I, I thought he really kind of grew into the game a lot more and he looks, you know, he's got that bit of class about him. Um, really good technique. Um, you know, trying to, trying to get on the ball, trying to make things happen. And I think looks very, very promising. I think he'll turn out to be a pretty good sign-in. Now, I've seen Shatter online. It seemed that there was possible racist abuse aimed at him. Is is did you guys hear any of that? Did you uh, see any of I, that? I I heard that there was shouts of pedo from the body rig fans towards somebody. That yeah. that's what I heard was the reason was the announcement. Hmm. Yeah. Um Again, it's all hearsay, and I wouldn't like to think that any of the Bonnerig fans would be racist. I mean, I actually thought they were very good yesterday um, in terms of the noise that they made as probably some of the noisiest fans that have had at Bayview for a long time, and some of their chants were, were very good. Obviously, the one that, that the ones that we've maybe not heard um, you know, could be worse, but I didn't hear anything personally. I'd heard that... Um, Somebody had a rant about Baldi and stopped himself short of saying something, but nothing was actually said. But I mean, not great when you've got the the community kids. Well, yeah, because as soon as you mentioned that they were in there, I was thinking, oh, that's not great. Well, I mean, hopefully it was a bit of a misunderstanding and it wasn't anything like that. Because, I mean, we know that Fash has gone through stuff. He talked about that on the show and it's something that you'd hope we'd moved on from in Scottish football, but I guess we'll see over the course of the season. Won't delve too much more into the actual game and the goals. We'll talk about a few of the other things coming out of it, but the second goal, Dean Brett, lovely finish. So easy. Yeah. So easy. Well, yeah, again, all the goals, just like our defence just was simply not there. I mean, that Kieran McGachy, I said to Doug, looks like if you ordered Lewis Capaldi from Wish. <laughs> um, he, you look at him and go, he's never a footballer, but he was just so strong. He was blown out his ass after about 25 minutes. Um, but so strong. I mean, Steele and um, Denham just got ragdolled by him yesterday. And like... The, the, the two young boys, that boy, just so strong, so physical. We see him back in. off all the time, though. Like The ball lands his feet. He's just using his weight advantage. They can't get around the side of them to take the ball off. And and I've said it in my article for the Courier. He, he had all day to pick out his pass to Brett. And then Brett has all the time to pick where he wants to place that. And as much as I can't stand the mean yaf, it was a very good finish. Yeah, um, It was a very good finish to... To just place it in, but again, just so easy. So easy. It was actually 
I mean, for as much as we're kind of all the chats been about them being hammerthrown, I mean, to be honest, at times they actually played decent football as well. It wasn't like it was at no point really were they just lumping it. They were just big. So when it got, I mean, that goal was very well taken. It was really, it was so easy, like like Lee said. But but it was a very well worked goal to be fair to them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just and the big man was back to you. You can't see anything past them because he looks like me with ability and. Actually, for once, I think I might be slightly better looking than him, which is weird. Um, but in, just in terms of a goal, it was, it was a very well-worked goal, to be fair. Yeah, they did yeah, they're move not, it about. They're, and they're not, um, you know, talking about, you know, focusing their kind of style of play and their physicality rather than their ability, but aye, they're, not, they're, not, they're not rubbish. And, you know, for, uh, talking about McGahey, you know, he's he knows what he's doing. He's a... He's a big old-fashioned target man, and part of that is for that second goal, he held that up very, very well, um, and it was a good, a good bit of play for them. It was. It's a horrible time to have given the goal up because we just made the subs. We're trying to refine our our shape and and get everything gelling again. I don't think it would have made too much difference if we'd gone in at the half, just one down. I just don't think we had what it took yesterday to get back into it, and then Kev puts the dagger into our hearts in more ways than one with the third goal. Uh, again, a goal, I think it's Murdoch, it just goes through his legs. And Kev doing what we know that Kev can do. And very happy with his celebrations. None of that. No, no, I've just scored against my old team. I, I don't want to celebrate, which I fucking hate. Like, celebrate the goal. So I, I don't have any issue with that. But he was fairly giving it the old... I heard someone complaining that he celebrated at all. And I think, what was it they were saying? I heard somebody say, like, oh, like, Harry Kane wouldn't do that if he came back and scored against Spurs. Come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he did, he I, I... Did. It was perfectly fine for me. He celebrated the goal. He celebrated with the Bonnie Rig fans. Fine. Yes, yeah, not as if he gave it to us. As I was waiting to do the interview with Craw, he came at the tunnel. And I went, cancel the testimonial dinner. Yep. Fucking Judas. <laughs> I, I, I did think I, I he might want to wait until he's got all the money from us before celebrating. Yeah. But aside from that... But but look, no, I mean, you know, we, if, if it was right about crawling and him go, which I've, you know, I've pretty much more or less heard that, you know, he wanted to stay and he was told he wasn't needed, I would be giving it big licks as well. A hundred percent. Didn't want me. Well, I've scored four goals in four games. Get it on, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I think... A, I was going to say, it was a classy, classy finish through the legs. And, and even when he got subbed off, I thought it was very classy that he was taking, like, selfies and signing things for the, the young fighters who ran forward to kind of see their hero, I suppose. So that was a nice retouch. Although the linesman then said, Tell your striker to put a bib on because he was obviously off the park but still had the strip on. It was quite funny. Not really much else to talk about per se from the action for the game. Bonnie Rigg finished with, with 10 men, a second yellow, which was a soft thing to get a second yellow and a red card for. Uh, I mean, I know it's Bonnie Rigg, so fuck them, but it's like, it's like, come on, use a bit of common sense. The team's winning 3 0. Was it really a, even a booking to get the guy sent off? I think they're the ones the refs have to give, though, Michael. It was, it, I think it was two pretty much identical fouls. 
where the boy got away from him and he just pulled him back. And I think that's, it's just a guaranteed yellow when you yeah. do that nowadays. So I think, I, I always stupid think thing that. to do as the player as well, because if you're on Absolutely. a yellow. But I always I think, think you then immediately blame the ref. But the, if the ref doesn't give it, there's someone watching him who's going, well, why yeah, that's Yeah, that's him? true, actually. The assessors are there. If he's pulled, I didn't I didn't see that he'd, he'd, he'd kind of pulled on him. I, I didn't either. Run, running into the back of yeah. him. If he's pulled him, then idiotic thing to do. Yeah. Card, I take like, back what I said then, because I didn't see the pull either. But if it's a pull, what an idiot. You're on a yellow. You're three goals up. He's going nowhere as well. Yeah. I mean, Crawford's comments after the game just wrote a few of them down. Lost bad goals, no spark or energy. He's always going to protect his players, so he's not going to hang them out to dry and criticise them. Feels the sub took some of the momentum away. And he spoke as well about they do need to make some additions and he's working tirelessly to do that. And he knows that everyone's probably sick of hearing that, but they are. And you guys touched on it last week. We've chatted about it in our WhatsApp chat as well. It's tough for teams at the moment to make these additions because no one wants to travel. And when you've got teams in the lower leagues paying good money and it's maybe uh, saving you a couple of hours in travel over the, the week, you're going to do that. Yeah, and, and that's what one of the points that I, I've written down that I wanted to, to touch on. And I had a not a bicker with a, a fellow fan yesterday, but, you know, that, I think there's definitely some like misdirected anger. Like, so trying to put this in the way that I try to understand it, you know, I totally get the boys' points and, and and it's raw passion. And I actually love it. You know, I genuinely love it. But I think that if you're going to be angry, try and channel that anger in the place that it probably should be channeled. So he, he was blaming the board. Or, or a lot of fans, not just him actually, a lot of fans around us, you know, um, talking about the, the cost at the gate. Again, totally get that. You know, £18 is a scandal, right? We, we know that. Um, blaming the board for the lack of additions in the team. Crawford's constantly coming out and saying, I think he said it in every interview, I've got money to spend and I can't spend it. Is what he's saying. Every other manager in Scotland is saying the exact same thing. Outside of probably the Premier League, Every manager in the lower leagues is saying, I can't get players. So what we need to try and remind ourselves is we're not special. We're special to us, but we're not special to anybody outside East Fife, right? So there's not a draw to come to East Fife, right? Cost of fuel just now, you know, it is, is ridiculous. You know, we're not an attractive proposition. You know, even to try and get loan players, and I think Crawford's done a great job to, to, to get some of the, the young boys in that he has. <clears throat> but you know, he, he's he said at the Q and A, he'd spoken to sixty players, so probably a hundred players now, um, to try and, and get some experience in. So you can try and blame Crawford for his recruitment, but can you? If he's trying to get the players in, you can try and blame the board for what looks like they're not backing the manager. But Crawford's coming out and saying it is now. All obviously, all we know is you know it's, it's sort of he says she said just now, like you know. Oh, but I do have the money, but how much money does he have? There's available players out there just now without clubs um, that we could go and get. Um, but Crawford's spoken about making sure that they're the right type of player for the, the sort of try to dressing room that, you know, we don't want another Ryan Moss in the club. Oh, yeah. You know, so I, I think it, we've got to be careful in our recruitment as well and making sure that we're bringing in the right characters. If, if people want to be 
upset. And, and, and fair play to the boy behind me yesterday, actually. And I will say this for him. He never once criticised the team because it is a, a very young team. And even, the, in fact, I think a lot of the fans gave the, the, the team cuttings yesterday. You know, there wasn't many shouts at Crawford or, or anything like that for what he's got. There was a lot of animosity towards the, the board yesterday. And I think that if you're going to challenge the board or, or challenge the, the status quo at the club right now, make sure that we do it right. Because, I mean, I'm not happy and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other fans that are, are, are very much in the, the same way. I mean, you only have to look at Pai and Bovril just now and mm. we're getting absolutely panned from every club going. And I think that that'll end up, that'll bite us in the bum this year because I think other clubs that when we go away from home, they're going to be like, all right, well, he's fine for coming to town. It's 18 quid to get in, please. Um, you know what I mean? I don't think they're allowed to do that, though, are they? they don't they have to charge the same price for home and away fans? Yeah, I, th- I think once you've agreed on your structure for league game, your prices, that's, that's you. You can't put it up for certain teams. Unless it's cup okay, and stuff. No. But I mean, th- th- there is a lot a lot of what I'd read Pine Bovril and yeah, there's Bonnie Rig fans saying, Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to, to do that. So no. one guy that decided to go and watch two other guys that's out on, on loan, I think with White Hill Welfare playing Dunbar because no. he'd rather spend the money on that than than do that. It was still a good crowd yesterday though, six hundred and seventy four is the official attendance. I was a bit surprised by that. How many did Bonnie Rig bring? Because it looked quite good numbers from some photos I saw. Uh, three hundred maybe. So you're, you're up to they brought, they brought nearly a lot. half. I, yeah. I reckon it was much a muchness. I would need, I would, I would like to know the actual breakdown. Yeah, I'd um, like to know if that six, seven, four includes the free tickets that the the young fifers or did the young fifers get the free tickets or is it just the community football club folk? Um, I don't think there is the young fifers anymore, but that's the community football club now. Oh, why don't um, you guys mention young fifers? <laughs> I think they're probably me. Yeah, I think I, it's, I, it's, I have an affiliation with young papers. What? Sorry, what? Um, but yeah, <laughs> I, I think that we, if we're not, if, we're, if people aren't happy, like I, I think the summary of my messages is, is channel the the anger in the right way. Um, and I would say that, and I think that we really need to, if we really want to see a change, I think that we really need to try and, and ramp up the get ranking out stuff. Um, and I've said that again and again. Yeah. And again and again and again and again and again. Um, you know, just no, no one's going to come in. Or... Yeah. No one's going to come in and invest right now. And no. I mean, the, the clubs that are doing well on the whole are clubs that are, are investing. And you don't even have to invest tons to, to turn things around. Scottish football just needs a little bit a money put into a team and they can really start to rise. You can yeah. talk about sustainability and, and everything as well. I mean, you yeah. don't want someone coming in Lee Murray-esque and promising the world and then it all yeah. falls flat in the face. And yeah. you saw the mess we were in when Willie Gray walked away as well. So, yeah, you, yeah the short-term gain is great and you'd love it, etc., etc. I'd rather have smaller investment that is sustainable and... I genuinely don't think you need to invest too much to get your team playing well, getting promotion, getting in the playoffs. I think, again, I think the point that I'm I'm trying to make is I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that's going on. 
you know, I went along to the q and I voiced my opinion with the stuff that I felt that the club aren't doing right. You know, the, the, the main messages that we've had about the show this week have all been eight, like 18 quid. And that's literally what my, if, yeah. if I had a word count in the messages that we've received, £18 probably come up 100 times. And it's going to be telling how that affects yeah. us because right right now the season's new. It's got the new car smell. Everyone's excited. They were buoyed by that win last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, we go on a bit of bad run. The weather turns shit. The weather gets cold. That's when it's going to be really telling. Yeah. So to to make a point, you know, there's not one of us will be sitting here saying we're happy that it's going to be eighteen pound at the gate, right? None, and they'll not be a, and, and you know the the, the Bonnie Rig fans chanted yesterday almost for ninety minutes, eighteen quid. You're having a laugh, um, and that'll probably be the, the overwhelming chant for for the season. I think that the board right now are very are playing a very dangerous game, and the fact that you know I, I called it before the the, the price increase at the gate. And the season ticket price, I know that they held them and um, the early bird special for as long as they could. And that fan tax that I called it, um, the club are really losing the fans at the moment. And it's not the team in the park um, that I think that the, the fans are getting are getting angry at. And, you know, we've seen before that, you know, and we've said it, <laughs> excuse me, <coughs> we've said it now for a year. You know, we're doing so poor commercially and we've called it out, we've called it out, we've called it out, we've called it out. Nothing changed. Nothing has changed. You know, we've heard for a long time now that there's a commercial person coming in. Mm. Still no sign of that. You know, we're two games into the season. Yeah, they needed to be here in June. Yeah. To to get everything. To the budget, right? Yeah. But what that resultantly is, if we had somebody bringing money into the club, that cost would not be passed on to fans. And that is a fact. That is an absolute fact. Because what? how many games do we play at home? 18. 18. Right, so it's an extra £3 over 18 games. And say, how many people do you reckon pay at the door on top of season ticket holders? 100? Tops? It's a couple of grand. Eugene Clark made a post um, on one of the groups that I'm in. And he's like, if you have 500 pay at the gate fans... At eighteen pounds, that's going to get you nine grand. If you have five hundred pay at the gate fans at fifteen pounds, seven and a half thousand. So you're fifteen hundred less. So to produce the same gate revenue, you need to bring in another a hundred fans yeah. to increase the attendance by twenty percent, and that ain't going yeah. to happen. Here's no. here's why he's, here's why he's wrong though. We don't oh. have five hundred pay at the gate. I was going to say. No, That's even being right. optimistic. So, <laughs> we, I mean, on a typical game, we do not have 500 full price play at the gate. Of our, of our typical gate, you're talking more than half are season ticket and concessions. So if you run those numbers again and don't put it at 15, put it at 16, right? So say 250 pay at the gate. 250 pay at the gate, 18 is four and a half grand. 250 pay at the gate, 16 is four grand. Now that's only 31 people, it's not 100. Mm-hmm. Now you add in pints, pies, programs. Actually, it's not. Um, and 250, I think, has been generous. I don't think we get 250 full no. price adult pay at the gates. No, that's why the breakdown. I mean, they <clears throat> don't have to issue that, They're, they don't have any right to 
for us to demand but, that they issue it. But it would be interesting to see the breakdown because I do yeah. want to know if that 674 includes all the freebies as well because then that's money taken off that. And, yeah, and, and most teams aren't going to bring numbers like Bonnie Rig either. No, and, and not yeah. at 18 quid either. But the, the pie stalls are franchised. So we don't get the money when they buy a pie. Yeah. Right? We'll get money if they visit the bar. They're not going to visit the club shop, or very few will. You know, they might buy programmes, blah, 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 blah. But how much money do you think we'll actually make in profit for a programme? Let's be honest. Well, not yeah. much, because <laughs> I, I know what printing was when I was doing stuff for the programme back in the day, and they were making very little money. Yeah. But, but, but you're still meaning there's, 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 there's downsides to just money you get at the gate. Yes, and another downside that you can't really put a put a kind of you know you can't put on the fucking balance sheet for this year is how many people go oh, I'm not paying it. how many East Fife fans who don't buy a season ticket go I'm not paying eighteen pounds so instead of going to twelve games a year they go to a couple and then next year they don't go anymore there's all these things that are that are factored in I don't think yeah. it's not it's not as easy as saying well. You know, five hundred at this price versus five hundred at this price. Here's here's the cash. It's it's more. I think the numbers are a lot closer in reality, but yeah. you're also having other things. Um, that but if we that sold way. fifteen more boards or twenty more boards, we've more than covered that cost, more or less, right? I, I think if, we, if my, we've my sold problem. hospitality out to to prospective people that were selling boards to. Or we're marketing ourselves on LinkedIn every single day, contacting companies, bring yourself down to Bayview this week. You know, we'll give you it for this price, sell 10 seats. They then go, oh, I really enjoyed that. I'll bring my kids next week. Try and capture the, the local community, get more boards in. That's where you bring your revenue in. You don't add the fan tax on, right? Now, that's where there's a split, and that's where the fans are pissed off because they're like, we're picking up the slack, which is facts. Whereas if we were better commercially, a la our growth, now I know that I'll, I'll get it in my ear, like, you know, a lot of the money come from the Campbell families. When we were at Elgin last week, there was boards everywhere. Everywhere. You know, we, the, the boards that I'm looking at around Bayview, a lot of them have been there forever and look tired. You know what I mean? So that I, if, if we had somebody proactively going out and, and chasing this down, month in or season in season out you know say we sell 10 boards and you're making 200 pound a board it's two grand that almost negates that three pound um price rise that um gordon's maths was was working out as or you sell you know hospitality was dead yesterday i was going to ask if you saw if if it was busy or not and if you have less fans there's other knock-ons right like maybe 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 these don't get the money for the pies but if you're franchising it out is someone going to pay more or less money if you have people coming at the ground? So next year, when it comes to franchising it, you know, yeah. comes to doing the deal again, you're getting less money. Are people going to pay you more or less money for advertising if you have more or less fans? All yeah. these things start to add up, um, yeah. and less fans equals less money. I, I think the main the main issue will be that I don't think away fans are necessarily looking at it as a figure and going oh, eighty. It's the brazenness of. Who the yeah. hell do you think you are as a club to charge more? So if you're an Elgin fan and I'll be an away fan, you you literally out of principle would just go, Well, I'll tell you where I'm definitely not gonna go this season is East Fife. Yeah. It's like folk, bonnet, like Airdrie, we've fans. always complained about Airdrie with their parking costs. Yeah. It's like, well, I'm not going there. That, that we talked about it yesterday, that's exactly it. 
Bonnerig fan on Pine Bovril was saying, I'm not going to East Fife today. I'll, I'll save my money and I'll go to Stranraer next week. Yeah, the, the full trip to Stranraer is going to cost them a shitload of money than nipping across the fourth and going to Bayview. It's the principle of it. It's basically going, aye, you've got, who do you think you are? You're ripping us off. You know, and, and especially, well, especially getting relegated, it looks like a kind of Billy Big Time attitude, which is ridiculous, but that's how people see it. It's just this, it just looks greedy um, compared to all the other clubs. Now, it might be £2 more than Forfa, and travelling to Forfa might cost 20 quid more than travelling to Metal, but Focal still... I'm not going. I'm not paying eighteen pound for that. That's what it is. Like I understand, the cost of everything has gone up. So yeah. the the cost of lighting, electricity, all that stuff at East Five. We know it's gone up. It's gone up for everyone, and they do have more expenses. the The issue that I have with it is we've spoken so many times about East Five's need to attract new fans younger fans it's an aging fan base sadly the, since we've done this podcast for two years the amount of long-term fans that we've had to say goodbye to they've passed away you're not going to be attracting new fans in at that price when they can go like if you've got a, a guy that lives in Glenrothes, say so he he's got a pick of where he wants to take his family if he wants to get them into football you're going to look at cost you're going to look at quality of the team where they're playing quality of opposition and, and you're going to go elsewhere sadly not guilty because they're getting pumped now <laughs> yeah uh, but you know as I'm, <coughs> I'm trying to be as objective as i can whilst coughing my guts up i'm sorry listeners and um, i'll try and edit out as many of your coughs as i can He's sat, you know, and sorry for anybody that sat next to me as I coughed and spluttered for ninety minutes. But yeah, look, uh, looking forward to the the looks we get at the hospitality buffet as you cough into it all. Yeah, but yeah, people literally like evil monkey from Family Guy <laughs> pointing over to me. Um, but you know, on one side, I understand the boards saying right, you know, it's three pound. You know, Scott Young put up a very controversial post. I get his sentiment of what he's saying is it's 20 pence a day yeah. for two weeks. I get that. I, I do get it. But that might right be, like, like particularly right now, and, and what my concern is and, and what I've written in my notes here is that's okay just now in the summer when people's heating bills are tiny, right? We're going to go into the winter and we're getting another uh, price hike in October. Yeah, they're saying like 75% or something. Yeah. So... Then, like, the people, you know, Methyl, Leavenmouth, you know, it's, it's not an affluent area, you know, it's one of the most deprived areas in Scotland, and that's a fact. People will probably be choosing whether to eat or heat in that time of year, and we're probably going to lose a, a lot of fans that are going, oh, well, we can't justify that cost because, you know, yep. my, my bills are going to go up again. But equally, the club's bills are going up, but it brings it right back down to that the same thing I've said over and over and over again. We're not commercially astute. And until we get more commercially astute, this is what the status quo is going to be. And all that's happening now is week by week, month by month, and by the end of the year, the wedge between the fans and the board is going to be absolutely massive. And that is a real concern. A real yeah. concern. If they start getting results on the pitch, that eases that. Yeah. And if they're not, 
it just it's going to escalate it, and it, it's fine breaking it down to like twenty, twenty-two p a, a day. People don't do that. Everything, look, everything. You could, if you break down everything to, you know, pennies per day, you get weird stuff. You know, yeah. it's like oh, the amount, the amount, the amount of money I spend on fucking fizzy juice. You add that up over the year, and it's a ridiculous number. But I don't stop doing it. Yeah, it's not the way people think. It's like everyone's been going on in recent years. Oh, if all these young folks stopped buying their avocado toast, they'd be yeah. able to afford a house. No, they fucking yeah. wouldn't. I'm spending ten grand a year here on avocado and toast, and I'm broke. <laughs> no, no, no <laughs> nobody thinks nobody thinks like that. No, no. That I, I get what Scott was trying to say. Yeah, I, I do, do genuinely too. get the, yeah. the sentiment of it, and you know, I understand that poor boy was absolutely battered more than he is in Doug's bedroom um, on on Pine Bovril. Um, but I, I do understand what he was trying to say. But equally, it's it's a very hot topic just now. We start winning, people will pay the money. That's a fact. That's an absolute fact. But being served up what we are for the money that it costs is where it's going to be. Now, I've written down a name here that I'm just going to throw out. And he's probably all going to guess what it is. He's a high-profile striker with a club. Lee. Gillis, yes. Um, I'm still available right now. Um, Maybe that's what the shite was about yesterday from the Bonnie Rig fans. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> given my lungs right now, I don't think I could play football. But um, I know that he's a controversial character, shall we say. I know that he didn't exactly set the heather alight at Falkirk. No. What have we got to lose offering him a deal till Christmas? Absolutely. At whatever, whatever price he wants. Now, I've heard he wants circa £700 a week, right? That's what he's looking at. Mm, I would not well, go up to that. No. If I maybe wouldn't bite your hand off. 500 right? Now, that's not a kick in the ass more than what we're paying Ryan Wallace or um, Danny Swanson, right? If we were able to get him in at, say, £500 a week till Christmas, just say, look, come here, score some goals, and you can leave in January. I, I take why, it. Why not? I, if anyone hasn't worked it out, it is Lee Griffiths that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, I would offer him three or four with a goal scoring incentive bonus because yeah. you don't give a guy goal. like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not that much, but you don't give a guy like that that money when he hasn't performed at Falkirk and he's trying to make a name for himself. It's got to work. It's a, it's a two way street. He's got to show, okay, I'm willing to show you that I'm going to get goals for you. So I'll do this deal. You're betting on yourself, basically. It's like, I'm sure a few of us have worked on commission-based things. I was a mortgage advisor for a while. So it was a lower salary than being a manager when I worked in the bank, but I could make way more. So I bet on myself to do that, and I did make way more. That's what Griffiths needs to do. That's what we would need to offer him for me to be comfortable. That's exactly it. You know, based on the last, whatever, two, three years of your career, no way we're going to pay you 700 quid a week basic but if you if you think if you turn out as good as you think you can be then you'll make the money you'll get your move I, I mean that's absolutely fine and a lot of it I think comes down to I mean there's other things do you want do you want to bring one guy in who's on so much more money than everyone else do you want to bring some guy in who might disrupt the, the changing room but if he if his attitude is good if his attitude is look I'm going to knuckle down I'm going to work I'm going to prove to everyone 
if that's what you want to do, if that's what he wants to do, fine. But I think that you know that's a that's something you Stevie Crawford would potentially have to work out by chatting to the guy. But I wouldn't be going throwing money at him. Is that not kind of what he's talking about in terms of the right player yeah. to not disrupt the squad? Yeah. I, I think we've just got rid of a guy like Griffith and Wallace, players like that. I think if everyone else is on 150 quid a week and you've got a guy swanning in there on 700 who's only there till January who doesn't give a shit, really. Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's like always I tough. No. I definitely wouldn't say no to Sangley Griffiths. Obviously, no. he's a very good player and would stand out. But he... The couple of times I saw him for Falkirk last season looked like he could not give a toss about playing at that level. And we're at an even lower level. I mean, if he's genuine about turning it around and he comes in with an attitude, you, you take, or with no attitude, you, you take the gamble. And like the thing over here, which when, it, when I first saw it, I was like, I don't know that I like that, but it does make a lot of sense the more you think about it. The Players' Union for MLS publish every year, twice a year, the players' annual salaries. So you know exactly what every single player is making around the league. Now that can work two ways, because if you're a player on a team and you're playing the same position and then you see the guy standing next to you is earning way more than you, but you're having a better season than him, it just leads to disruption of, okay, well, I've done this, he's on that, I want more money and that's happened a lot and it is the risk of bringing in a high profile player if he does the business i think it's easier then for the rest of the team to be like okay i i get why we've brought him in i get why he's making that money but he has to perform that's why a, a bonus thing would be the way to go and i, I kind of went huh, when lee said 100 a goal yeah 100 a goal actually maybe that does make sense i mean really like <coughs> if he comes in and scores a hat trick, you're paying him three hundred quid, right? Yeah, you but know, you've he... also won the game. You would imagine. Yeah, it's a, it's a difficult one. I don't think that there's any hope in hell, and I just wanted to bring in and see what the the general opinion is. The, the guy doesn't have a club. Could be, you know. I remember we did the same with Derek Rardon. Yes, um, and he came into the club, and it was sort of all oh, right, okay. But he came in and he scored a couple of goals. Um, beside him and he did fuck all, but um, he came in on trial and scored a couple of goals. Why not come and just offer him a trial? Say, Griffiths, look, we're interested in you. We'll potentially pay you the money that you want. But come in and show us that you've got the right attitude. See, We'll see what you're like in the pitch and we'll see if we can get some goals out of you. Particularly if Troughton's not going to be playing anytime soon and Shepard's yeah. going to be injured. He's, he's training with Livingston just now, Griffiths. You know... I'm I'm sure that he would drop down a league too. I genuinely think he will. I don't know that. I can is. only I can only assume that a lot of clubs will have offered him stuff, and he's just wanting too much money. Yeah, because otherwise he'd have been playing for someone by now. I mean, years ago when he was in his prime, Houston and Vancouver wanted to bring him to MLS. So I mean, maybe he still feels he can go and and play overseas or whatever. I, another name to throw at you, but a different end of the pitch, because Grant Easton tweeted us this saying that we should try and talk Christoph Berra out of retirement to give us one season part-time. I can't see a guy like that. I mean, it'd be nice, but I can't see a guy like that suddenly coming out of retirement to play Scottish League 2. Well, he was at he was at, Celtic, um, at Wraith. I don't know what happened there. Um, he was at Wraith and he's retired because he doesn't want to play anymore. I don't think there's any chance 
that he's going to then turn around and be like, oh, by the way, um, I'm going to go play for Rangers now. I'm pretty sure that Rafe would have a whole lot to say about that. As much as in an ideal world, that's what would happen and somebody like him would probably be the perfect player for us. I can't see it, um, to be perfectly honest. I think we'd, we're crying out for somebody of that mould, you know, Stephen Tweed, Chris Higgins, you know, that sort of experienced head with a young team around him. Um, now, I'm going to bring up something that's potentially going to trigger Doug, so he's probably better to mute himself right now um, and sit on his hands and maybe tie like a scarf around his mouth or something like that. But It's not David Goodwillie, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> it's Scott Mercer, and I, this is the part I don't understand, and I've, I've the only thing that I could think of is that, that Crawford's probably trying to almost Darren Young this situation of like fitting in players where they don't particularly fit just to get some experience in his team just now. But the boy Lucas Williamson is a natural left back. He's looked pretty decent in the games that we've seen him. Why sign him and then play a right back at left back? He got crucified in the first 20 minutes against Elgin until that boy went off injured. And yesterday again, crucified. Well, I was going to bring Mercer up, but for a different reason. Why is he on free kicks? Because he doesn't seem to be able to to be a good free kick taker scored, and get them over the wall. He scored like two free kicks last season or something. You know, that's... It's like, it's... Yeah, I mean, look, I'll jump in. Stuff it. Um, I, I'm not a huge Scott Mercer fan, as you all know. Um, I think the thing that annoyed me yesterday, not just with him, was... Surely, with all these young kids in the team, Crawford and Greg McDonald would have known fine well that this was going to be an absolute fight. And I just didn't see any of our senior players go, right, I'll get stuck in then. Let's roll up sleeves and try and protect these kids around me. And for me, Mercer's the worst of all of them for that. He chickens out of every 50-50, and it just it kills me. Yeah, the free kick thing, I it's like... It's like Roberto Carlos was always an amazing free kick, but when you look at stats, it was it was horrendous. Um, it, I just find Mercer's free kicks are they're just safe. It's like I'll I'll make sure I hit the target, but it's kind of floaty, and you know he, he will score one now and again. I I I think the only reason he's there is is because he's one experience. It has to be. But I agree with Lee. It's it seems odd when you've got a left back on the bench that you don't play him. I've got a, I've got what I think is the solution to that, right? <coughs> Sorry. Can you find a solution to your cough? I, I would love to find a solution to my cough. I would, honestly, I would love it. Trust me, it's been two what, months. I would love it. What cough? Fuck off. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so why not put Mercer at right back where he's at least a bit more comfortable, play Williamson at left back and play Stuart Murdoch who came to us as a centre mid instead of Liam Newton and add some bite to that midfield. That, for me, is is the solution because Murdoch is comfortable in the middle of the park. He knows to play there. He could influence the game more there. Mercer's better on the right-hand side because he's naturally right-footed. He can put in a good cross, Scott Mercer. He's better when he's in a more comfortable position. That solves that issue for me. Looking at that objectively, I'm like, if this was football manager, that is 100% what I would be doing right now. 
If I can only the... assume, though, Lee, if he's doing this diamond midfield, you're not going to have Murdoch on the left of a four in midfield. Because I don't no. I, He's obviously just wanting that one holding midfielder now. No. Um, also, I, I think... <laughs> If in the unlikelihood Crawford was listening to this, as soon as you throw in the phrase, that's what I would do in football manager, kind of takes away from your point a little bit. Well, I'm not a qualified coach, Michael, so it's the only experience that I could utilise. But looking at it from the outside in, that's what I would do. The other thing I would do would be to put us 4-3-3. But that's... I would play four at the back, a midfield three, given the squad that we've got just now. Mm. Uh, Miller, Murdoch and Walls. And then play um, Shepard, Shivoni, um, and Jao Baldi as your front three. Jao Baldi off the the right um, would be what I would do. Um, I think that we would get some success with that. There's enough bite in that midfield. Walls would probably play in front, and Murdoch and um, Miller for me. You know, let them do the dirty work. Walls is is good at driving forward get the ball um, into the right channels. You know, the young boy Ferguson, maybe instead of Walls, he's had a bit more experience at, at playing at the, the, that level. But I'd probably say from what I've seen, Walls is the slightly better player. I just think that trying to shoehorn a right-footed player into a left position, when I've watched him for two weeks get crucified in that position, isn't working. And it's all farewell saying I need experience through the squad. But Mercer's not talking. It's not like he's 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 talking the young boys through the game. It's not like any of that. It's you're just watching his head go down. And I'm gonna say it again. I like Mercer as a player. I think that if we could get him into a right back position where he's more comfortable and he can go forward, but I think he's definitely better going forward than he is going back. Um we would get a bit more joy out of that. Jaden Fairley had asked on Twitter who our best starting 11s were if everyone was fit. I don't feel I can give that right now. I don't know if Doug or Gordon want to chime in after what Lee said there. I, I would probably say I would wait until transfer windows shut and we'll see what we've got. But So is that the end of uh, August or start of September? It gets very confusing. I mean, it's what well, that's one day difference really between the two. No, but like I mean, like the first week of September or something. I I think it's traditionally the the thirty first August or whatever okay. it would be. But... And then can we add free agents after that? Yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and no. to be honest, there's that there's no really a transfer window in lower league football. I've always said that yeah. you can pick up loans and free agents now, all the time. We might be speaking out of turn here, Doug. Right, but obviously we we sat next to. Um, in, in our pre-match pints to Jude Smith's family yesterday who I'll call out as being really lovely and it was nice to speak to them before the game um, they seem to think that a potential bid from Newcastle is imminent and they'll be offski. so say for example we get 50 grand 30 grand 40 grand something like that I hope that it's not stick that in a rainy day fund it's let's go out and make sure we stay in this league and if we have to pay a Lee Griffiths top dollar or something like that that we could go out and do it or if we have to go and pay a fee and get a I always a Kane Hester or a Tony Wallace or go and just say right okay we'll pay the 10 grand fee and come and play for us yeah I mean you'd obviously like to see it put back into the playing pool I don't think though 
anyone on the board thinks for a minute that we're not going to stay in the league, I think they think, oh, no matter what, we're still going to be comfortable. So does that... Did cannot it... go into this season with that attitude. No, I mean, I think we could be in trouble. I genuinely do think that because you just need a, a few injuries. You need a string of bad results and you're in the the mire. It's all like you want to get points on the board early. But it's whether the, if the board genuinely feel like we're not in any trouble going out of the league, are they maybe going to just look at this as a consolidation season? Is it a two-year plan? Is it a three-year plan? Sorry to interrupt, but that is the exact question I asked at the CUNY. And this is where I'm a bit, like, I actually said it, maybe even to Doug yesterday. I asked that question purely because if it was going to be a transitional season, come out and say it's going to be a transitional season. Just say, you want to know what? Yeah, it is. We've got a lot of young boys, boys that I think are going to be good, going to need a lot of game time. We'll not be challenging for the league this season. We want to stabilise. We want to aim for the middle of the table. And I think the fans would accept it. Because mm, it's looking like that. Yeah. But instead, Crawford at that point said, obviously my ambition is to win the league. And I think that there's not much between the teams. We've got every chance of the playoffs. But a coach is going to say that. It doesn't matter what the coach believes. It's what the board, how they're yeah. looking at it. What Did the board answer that question? Um, no, I, I asked that directly to Crawford. Because right. Crawford's um, always going to... Because no coach is really going to come out and say, yeah, I, I don't think that we're going to be pushing for it. We're just going to have a season of, of rebuilding yeah. or whatever. But, but equally, obviously, they, they maybe don't want to say that so that fans don't turn around and go, well, I'm not going to pay 18 quid to come and watch a transitional season. I'll come back yep. and see season and they might be good. So that's, that's playing devil's advocate, obviously. No, I mean, that's... that's it's also like, they're, not, you know, they're not going to say, oh, we're aiming for fifth. You know, it's not... What does that look like? What does aiming for fifth look like compared to aiming for fourth? They're not, you know, maybe we're not, you know, we've obviously got a budget that is going to like dwarf all the other teams in the league. So, um, you know, maybe, but I think that's thing you can aim for, you can aim for top four while still thinking, look, it's maybe a wee bit unrealistic. And we kind of, maybe what I want to do is at least have a solid year this year and then kind of push next year but you, you can still sort of you're, you're not going to come away and say no I'm, I'm aiming for six places no I mean I, a coach should come out and say playoffs minimum because every coach even like Elgin and Albion Rovers managers that's what they, sh they should be be looking at let's just move on a little bit and then we'll kind of wrap this up we won't know maybe until next week exactly what this kind of team is but it did feel from watching it, and then Crawford kind of also then said it in his post-game comments, Bonnie Rigg did to us yesterday what we went to Elgin and did, which was take the game to them, come away with some goals. The Bonnie Rigg backline yesterday sat deep, and we had trouble breaking them down. Our, Gordon, you touched on that, I think, earlier in the show. Are we going to be more a team that if we can go toe-to-toe -to -toe and both teams are attacking, that's when we're going to come into our own? I think we, we we look a bit like that, as in we look like a team that kind of wants to play football, right? And I think if if we play someone, and I think we've been like that for actually a couple of years, I think when we play teams that kind of want to play, want to come out and play a bit of an open game, I think we do a bit better. When when we, I think when we face teams who go, we're going to keep it tight, we're going to be, you know, really quite. Uh, 
kind of defensive here and kind of up to you to, to crack us. I think I think we will struggle with that. I think a big part of it is that Bonnerig are a very good team and Elgin are not a very good team. I think that's yes. I think that's part of it. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think we'll we'll struggle against teams who who kind of take have have that bit more of an attitude, be a bit more conservative and don't commit too much and don't try and come and play through us. I think we'll we'll be a bit more happy going kind of toe to toe with teams like that a little bit. So, my my slight slight worry from yesterday would be managers of other teams looking at it and go right that's how to be Fife yeah team full of kids just bully them yeah get in their face get stuck in that that would be my slight worry but but well yeah I mean it, if a team is easy to bully and you get the result you are going to do that and but we are going to be going up against much older teams and much older players, and they are going to think, oh, I can just bully this 19-year-old, I can bully this 20-year-old, and maybe get success. Next Saturday, I think, is a big gauge of exactly what we are as a team. Because we're travelling Albion Rovers, one of the worst teams in in the league. I have them finish bottom of, of League 2, I think. What are you expecting next Saturday? Tough game. I mean, you, you look at Albion Rovers, they've lost two games, yeah, but they lost uh, 1-0 away to Stennis Muir. Apparently, that was a very, very tight game. And they lost 2-1 to Dumbarton. And they played most of the game for 10 men. Yeah, and so, they actually took the lead with the 10 men. Yeah, it's not exactly... You know, they've not been getting thumped. And if you look at it, I'm pretty sure they had a not-too-bad uh, set of results in the League Cup. So, yeah, they haven't had many wins. And they are bottom of the league. But I certainly don't think we're going to go there and... Uh, and get an easy game of it. I'm expecting a very tough game. I think, I think it'll be a tight game, and I think we'll be doing quite well to to get the win. Doug. Oh, um, yeah. I, I I kind of think pretty much every game will be a pretty tough game. I know we obviously had a good win last week, but yeah, I um, I think if if Shepherd and Walls are out. I would take a point right now. Lee, obviously our form of l- recent seasons away from home hasn't been great. It's a it's a new era, it's a new league. We've got an away win under our belt now. Can they build on that? Or is this going to be a tough slog next week? To play like we did, if we play, play like we played yesterday, we've no chance. And I think Albion Rovers will play very similarly to Bonnerig because they've not got a team of footballers. And I think that that's a, a lot of... Uh, Dunfermline fans that I spoke to about Crawford said when we play against teams that are nice um, we'll probably win we play against a team that will rough us up we've not got any answers to that unless we add two or three players next week which I think will be really unlikely to be honest Um, I think we've got a fight in our hands next week Um, I'll take a 1-0 victory Right yeah, I'd I'd take anything. I think like Doug, if we if we take a draw out of it, it's not the end of the world. Kind of steadies the ship. Every point is potentially going to be crucial. If we're having a bad season, I, I would still like us to get as many on the board early before other teams maybe start to find their feet. I can see us not adding folk until right at the end. The reason I asked about the transfer window is I do wonder if it's going to be we can't land anyone, so we just wait to see who's available. Are there free agents? Are there young kids that teams want to put out on loan? Stuff like that. Looking at the table, 
early. Bonnie Riggin Dumbarton, 100% record, six apiece. And then Annan, four for Steny, Austin Stranraer, all one three. Elgin and Sterling on one. Albion Rovers on nothing. It's way too early to really know just really what this league's going to be like yet. But I, I think Dumbarton are going to push on. I think they could be the class act of this league. Has anything that you've seen, I don't know if you've seen highlights or if you just like looked at the results or stuff that you've read in Pie and Bovril from fans, is there any team that you think's surprisingly good or surprisingly bad so far? Surprisingly good? I mean, I'll, I'll say Bonnie again that, that they're, you know, we've, we've kind of said, you know, they're not this they're not this team of Galacticos and I think we all kind of thought they would have a good start, but I think you've got to say that's a very good start. Um, two, you know, n- not two, two easy-ish games. Home to Forfar, away to us. Six points, five goals scored, zero conceded. That's better than I thought they would do. And I th- I'll probably kind of move them up in my predictions. I kind of had them just outside the playoffs. I, th- I think they could quite easily get top four and challenge for it. Sterling, much worse than I expected. I thought they were going to... Yeah, they seem in a mess because the players issued a statement, and I don't know what's happening there. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's been huge surprises. I, I totally agree about Bonnie. Oh Christ, I had them bottled. I thought they would have got totally found out, but uh, what do I know? Eh? Um, but I, no, I think, I think Dunbarton will be strong. I think they'll be pretty. They'll be pretty. Whoever, whoever finishes above them will win the league. There you go. That's fair. I, quick look around some of the rest of Scottish football before we wrap up. It, it's This feels like when you're looking at an ex's Facebook page. So looking at Scottish League 1, Kelty Hearts, zero points. Haha. ha Adrian Dunfermline, though, setting the pace there with 100% records. You've got to fancy one of them to, to win it, I, I think. But let's talk about the big result yesterday. Falkirk got absolutely hammered by Airdrie, 4-0. How many times can you say, oh, that club's too big for, for this league before thinking, you know what, maybe they are where they belong to be? I think they are, no doubt. I mean, I suppose it's, it's that thing you keep thinking, oh, they can't keep getting worse. Yeah. Every year you're like, they've hit bottom, they've hit rock bottom now. And then next season, it's like, oh, maybe not. Um, but that immediately heaps the when, pressure on their new new management team. When, when you look at their starting eleven, it's it's crud. <laughs> like, there's no... Probably their best player is still Morrison, or whatever he's called in the wing. And I wouldn't say he's great, but it's... Aye, they, they're in for another long old season, I think. Quite funny, they got relegated to oh. the proper hammer-throwing oh. league. It's one of those things that I know I keep harping on about getting points on the board early, but right away they've fallen five points behind Airdrie and Dunfermline. Yeah. And you're thinking, well, maybe best they can hope for now is just playoffs. And I know it's super fucking early and you can just go on an amazing run or whatever. But that is going to be one hell of a battle, I, I think, well, in that. The, you look at the clubs down at the bottom of that league, Falkirk, Queen of the South, Kelty, you know, they're all down the bottom. Um that is a tough league. Montrose a slow start as well. Two draws and you're thinking, oh, have they maybe peaked at, at where they are? Because they're now in against better teams than they've maybe had. Although last year was a pretty competitive League One. 
and probably the season before. It's a tough league. I wish there was more coverage. I know BBC Alba and BBC Scotland do the, the championship games. I'd like them to show some from League One and League Two and not just focus yeah. on the championship. League One in particular. Like, if they put an Airdrie Dunfermline game or Dunfermline Falkirk, because you know how much they hate each other, that's games that I'd like to see on TV. Yeah. And even just like, you know, the old highlights they used to do where it was like, it was about the whole league. And yeah. even if they just show like one or two highlights and then they'd have a wee chat about the league, that was brilliant. I used to watch that. So I'm not particularly interested in watching. Premier League or even if it's just championships like, yeah I've watched I, the whole league I, I watched some of the championship games on a Friday if I'm not working here and obviously they have to to spread it around and every team's got to get their chance but you see some of the fixtures and you're like oh, I can give a toss about watching that Air versus Hamilton but no thanks yeah. yeah I mean looking at the championship Kelty bottom of League 1 Rovers bottom of League well <laughs> League whatever championship both with no points. I, I liked you guys as tipping off Rovers to get relegated. I think that might be more wishful thinking, though. But who knows? Maybe they are pretty shit. Our broth, though, also two draws. Has their bubble burst a little bit? Yeah, I mate, a mate of mine said that the other day to me that he thinks they'll go down. And, and initially I was like, nah, I think Campbell's got that. But eventually, I don't know, eventually you would think they will start slipping a wee bit would make sense I would imagine eventually because you look at the championship and Thistle's out on top and I think Thistle w will go up this, this season I think they've invested they've regrouped but the top seven teams that are above our both the now Partick, Ayr, Morton, Cove, Dundee, Hamilton, Inverness that's a tasty tasty division again this year yeah I think it's got tougher again because Cove and Queen's Park they aren't mugs. So it's just, you know, it's become very tight. And Coe's made investment and again, you can hate them because they've made investment or they've got a money man. There, I saw some rumours floating about today that Kelty's money man may have moved on. I don't know if that was folk just stirring the shit or what, but you feel if he has on their bottom of the league, they're in for a tough one. That would be funny. That would be very funny. By the way, Cove haven't invested in the championship. They had like four or five players on the bench yesterday. They're struggling, oh. I think, to recruit players. Oh, uh, again, it goes back to the travelling because you're... I guess it's fine picking local players or maybe some of the top talent in the Highland League when you're in the bottom two divisions, but you need a, yeah. you need better they're, quality. They're, they're tapped out a wee bit now. Mm. They've kind of got yeah. everyone from that area. Yeah. You're, you're relying on loans from Aberdeen. Because Inverness are not going to yeah. only play in the same division, are they? Well, that's true. I, I won't look at the, the Premier because I haven't watched sports scene yet, so I don't know what the results were this weekend. I don't want to spoil it. Who cares? Let's be honest. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. Any final well, things from any of you guys? Um, I spent an agonising 10, 15, 20 minutes trying to figure out who I was going to give my 3 2 1 to. So oh, I forgot about the 3 2 1. Let's get that. Yeah, let's get let's go to the three, two, one. Sorry, how could I forget that? It's because I don't do it anymore. <laughs> well, Gordon, we better, we better start with you, Gordon. Yeah, you spent fifteen, okay, twenty minutes. Okay. And then Doug okay. will just copy you. <laughs> for, yeah, for anyone who couldn't see that, Lee had his his uh, head in his hands there. It's a difficult one. Um, uh, one point. Oh, could have been almost anybody, but I give it to Ferguson. Sir Alex. 
yeah, Sir Alex. Uh, ach, you know, he wasn't great. He wasn't bad. He was all right. Didn't know who to give it to. Two points, Kieran Miller. Um, particularly in the first half, I thought he did all right. Can't really remember thinking he was that bad. And three points, Jao Baldi. He just looked good. Good. Douglas. I'll go three points was definitely Baldi. Um, two points I'm going to give to Shiavoni just because I thought he looked all right. <laughs> oh, that's a struggling reason to give. And one point I will give to... Oh, that's a real tough one. Liam Newton, because he kept working hard. Is this going to be another season of the three two ones being? I'm going to give this player a point because he wasn't as shit as the others. Yeah, probably. In, in games like that, yes. Talking of Shivoni though, has Lee's chant caught on? No, but no. I feel like it should because it's excellent. You need Honestly. to add more words to it, though. I'll I'll have that done for next week. I've already done it. Have you? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 gold, it's Shivoni. not. It's not great. It's like um. Pulling on the black and gold, scoring goals that will never get old Ryan Shavone. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. I think it could do a wee bit of work. Still. The third third line needs better, but yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe the first and second as well. Speaking of the, uh, songs that need working on, Doug, um, the amount of people that say to me that the theme tune needs to be added to Spotify with more verses, you just need to get your finger out and get that done. I know. I mean, you've already yeah. been played in Canadian radio. What, what more do you need? Yeah. Uh, yes, you're right. I'm procrastinating here. I know, I was going to say, stop, stop fucking about <laughs> and just give us <laughs> a 3-2-1. Let's hear it. Three points, Baldy. Two points, Shivoni. One point, Newton. And I, I'm not justifying it, just because... Yeah. That is what it is. Yeah. Any final thoughts or anything funny that caught your eye this week? The own goal in the plastic whistle game is quite funny. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yes, that's definitely one to check out. On check the... that one out. Yeah. Uh, I've got two closing thoughts. One are, I really enjoyed that um, people wondered whether um, Haaland would do okay in the Premiership. Um, well, he, he'll prove that today that he will do very well. Just, you know, best league in the world, Pish. Anyway, and my other thing is I am and I always have been a huge fan of the name Jude. <laughs> hey. Yes. You going to add Hey Jude as a cover to your band set? <laughs> Maybe. Hey Jude. When he don't starts go for down you, south. <laughs> yes. yeah, we'll take all the Saudi oil money. Yes. No I don't care where the money comes from. <laughs> yeah, no moral if you want to sponsor the podcast any Saudis that's listening just get in touch room for, room for one more Gordon any final thoughts from you um, not, not really I suppose we've touched on Wraith and Kelty continuing to not do very well I suppose just, just to be fair Cowdenbeath also continuing to not do very well oh that's, I didn't look uh, at what was their result yesterday I didn't look got, at Lowland League they get beat by one of the B teams like, but mm. they're still like down down at the bottom like one point from five games I mean I think there's like a little um, what's it like a little warning tale of anybody yeah. that's they're going to be playing Glenrothes next year in the East of Scotland League 
Wow. But I, I think anyone who drops out there is going to, you know, and we are, we are seeing it ourselves. We've been beaten by BSC Glasgow. We've been beaten by Bank City. And now the... Rora. You know, tr- and anyone Rora. with a B, Bonnie and now, Rig. And now, and now the quad B has been has been uh, completed with Bonnie Rig. So, yeah. Maybe if it's we beat good. Albion next week and then we've beaten Elgin, we're only going to beat teams that begin with vowels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's hope we play Uddingston soon. <laughs> Could be a long that's season for us in that case. That's a great note to end this podcast. Yes. Well, I've, I've got one thing that I want to add is um, as a let's all laugh at, which has been a while, um, and FC Edinburgh's new stadium has got to be the worst ground in British football. And there I said it. My final thought, I'd like East Fife to bring back what they did a few years ago and charge more for the jersey sponsorship, but you actually get a signed jersey at the end of the season. Because yes. I think they would make more money that way, plus the strips are already there, so it's not an out, outlet for them. So like, instead of 100, charge 200 and you get the jersey. Yeah, and also uh, we keep our shirts for three years, eh? So. Yeah, we're definitely going to be changing them next year. I might pick up one of the away kits when I'm over. If no, you won't. Hot, it's a six-week waiting list. Oh, okay, I won't then. It's what? Six-week waiting list. Oh. I tried to order one yesterday and was told to do it online, so yeah, not ideal. And on that note, let's just wrap everything up. You know where to find us online. You can get us on Facebook. Glory Days of Gold is our Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know anything you want to talk about. We'll be back with our show next week. Until then, thanks for listening. Take care. And more the Fife! Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road, to sing my songs for the boys in black and gold, I heard the stories about 1938. I was just a boy, I knew I'd have to win Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return one